This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi bloops, it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway does not know my name and I don't care. No, I don't care. Head in my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the damn hook, right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budget live, not so live from the low budget live bar and grill, bar and bunker, and bar in Noah's Ark today. This is the podcast for Monday, September 14th, and uh, we are getting us some rain in southern Tennessee. That is a song by me called Biloxi Blues. Get lots of questions about that. Some people would call it narcissistic to use your own music. I think some people have called me narcissistic that have, uh, you know, uh, shows and whatnot, uh, shows, but uh, podcasts. But the reason that I, I tell you all about the, the music that I have made is, A, uh, it don't cost me anything copyright-wise uh, and, you know, that's a good thing. I don't have to use any of those canned like push, 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 ooh, 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 beats that you can get uh, for your YouTube's videos that I don't like. I'm a big music guy. I write and uh, record some of my own music. So that is Bluxy Blues by me, and I don't really care if anybody uh, 
doesn't like the fact that I play my own music uh, at the start of the show. I would love to share what I listen to with you guys, but uh, YouTube's like this. They will yank your crap down. Because used to, before I did the YouTube thing with the podcast, I always kicked off every episode with what I was listening to. I would play some of my songs, but, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of my favorite tunes coming out on that. But don't get to do that anymore because of Senor YouTube. Yanks that crap down quickly, 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 quickly. So narcissistic opening to every low-budget live. But thank y'all to all you low-livers. As always, I love Blues Blues. I get videos of y'all singing it, going down the road, different things. Always tag me in those because when you're a guy that sits down with a pen and a piece of paper to write a uh, song, you never envision that it'll actually mean something to somebody just because it's kind of like getting demons out of your own head. And it's very cool when people take to something like that. And I am very, very, very grateful every single time I get a Bluxy Blues post, Bluxy Blues comment. Uh, like I've said on here before, I wrote that song about my dad. So very cool to see that people like the things that you put out there. Kind of like this fine podcast. And if you are joining us for the first time, you are now a lowlifer. It's what the listeners and the followers and the friends and family of the low-budget live experience call themselves lowlifers. So you are now a lowlifer. Welcome to low budget live not so live sometimes we do it live we do it not live more than we do it live monday september 14th thank y'all thank y'all for all the kind words on low on uh on lbl and on bluxy blues all the time but i appreciate that i had to, I had to address that i got called a narcissist by, by a guy and uh and, and it's one of those like insignificant people in your life right like this is somebody i didn't even know existed but he had a lot to say about me and and the things i do and someone pointed out to me that I wasted a couple of minutes of my life witnessing what this fine fellow said. And then I called him out on it. And then he was like, no, huge fan, which is always everybody's reaction when you call my stuff. So felt like I needed to address that. Felt like I needed to address that. But uh, very crazy to me. People are, people are very odd. Very odd. Now I'm a very opinionated guy, so I can definitely deal with people's opinions. But uh, it's just, just odd. Um, moving on. Moving on, hope y'all all had a good week. I have had a, uh, a busy one. Things are, are really, you know, crazy in the marine boating industry, and things are crazy, you know, MPFL-wise, getting ready for next year, getting prepared, you know, as much as I can, studying up on guys that are signing up. The list grows daily with anglers over there, and I'm talking to a lot of anglers, and it's a lot of fun, everything going on with that. And then in my own personal fishing business and and uh you know podcast and video life got a lot going on sponsor wise myself for next year and and uh some changes coming so working on all that daily and gonna get to announce a lot of things um soon very soon so working on all that right now and it's just kind of it's it's crazy it's crazy uh thank you guys for the lake Teresa love y'all watched that last video a lot of you did and all i can tell you is if you haven't seen those first two videos showing you the lake that we're building, when you see the next one, you're going to be lost because this thing is going to look so different. I've already shot some footage on some things we've been working on for the next update. And as I record today, we're about six inches of rain deep. <laughs> so all I can say is between Hurricane Laura, Laura that hit shortly after the video that I just posted and this weekend, the next video is going to be wild. You're not going to believe how much water this lake has in it. So 
Make sure you go back and watch that if you haven't. And I appreciate each and every one of you that have commented and watched that. It's very cool. I like sharing my life with you guys. Obviously, I do this weekly. But uh, the Lake Teresa videos are very cool. So that's something very neat and uh, something I'm real passionate about that's going on in my life. So thank you all for all the love on that. Hudson Lee Duncan and myself, my fine little 12-year-old that is, uh, you know, other than a beard, is a lot like his daddy. Uh, he is very stubborn. He is bullheaded at times, and he loves to bass fish. And he and I fished another one of our tournaments out at uh, Naco Lake, they call it, Naco. A small lake, idle only. I've talked to you all about this. This is the third one of those that we've got to fish. And another frustrating day for us on the water, but we did win money. You catch a keeper, you win money. It is so freaking unbelievably hard to catch a 12-inch bass in this lake. I, I don't understand it. And all three tournaments, we have caught one very quick, and then we have caught a lot of bass, but we cannot catch another 12-incher. And that's the case with a lot of people. And yesterday, it took like six pounds to win, and the guy had a five-pounder. And then another one, my brother, shout out to Blake. Blake finished third, caught one almost four pounds right in front of me. We were boat to boat fishing this brush pile. Of course he did. I ain't mad. Happy for him. He won him some cash, him and his him and his main main tournament partner eric they uh they they caught three keepers <laughs> it they did so hard but uh and you get rewarded you catch a keeper you win cash all the guys out there again they're they're so welcoming and it's like that bass club feel and it's so much fun hanging out with everybody we had to miss the august event because i had a meeting going on and uh, but we got two more of those to go, and I hope that we can make the, the last two. We're having a good time. But, man, we struggled to catch a catch another keeper, and we were on a deal. We are getting a lot of bites, a lot of fun, though. We caught, I don't know, 25, 30 fish, and you just can't, you can't beat that. But we just could not get over that hunt. A lot of 11-inchers. It's crazy how many small fish are on this lake. And they say a lot of the – there are a lot of people that camp on this lake, have cabins on this lake and things. And they say a lot of people just keep bass out of there to eat a lot. And it's very clear because you don't – you know, you go to the weigh-in line, you don't see a two-pounder. I mean, barely. There'll be a real big one. There'll be four, five, six-pounder every now and then weighed in, and then it's just like all small fish. It's crazy. But we fished through some uh, blistering rain, and Hudson had never experienced anything like that on the water. And so it, I was proud. He hung in there because, man, it was raining raining sideways. One of his favorite jokes is from that show Family Guy where it says, raining sideways, it's raining sideways, when they go to uh, – the big Al or whoever the weather guy is. And he's like, you got an umbrella? And he goes, inside out, four miles away. Hudson will say that a hundred times every single time that it's raining like that. And we were on the water. He's like, dad, you got your umbrella? <laughs> over and over and over. But man, we have fun. It's so cool seeing him like, or, you know, you're pre-blast off. You're hanging out with everybody BSing in the dark and everybody's joking and cutting up. And, uh, and he's like, man, you can see every star in the sky, Dad. Like, and he appreciates nature. He appreciates being out there and the things that have drawn most of us to this sport, not just the catch and fish part. And, and uh, so cool to see him developing into this bass head as we go along. And he's getting better with a bait caster, and he's enjoying that. And it's, it's, it's cool. It's very cool. Because I, I was 12 when my dad took me to my first tournament. It's just it's a good thing. Whether he wants to do it for the rest of his life, whether he just wants to do it for right now because it's something cool to do with his dad, regardless, it's just very special to see his eyes light up, you know, and him get excited. And of course, win a little money along the way, don't hurt anything. He spent every penny of it before we got back home. He's like, then I'm going to get this, and then I'm going to get this, and then I'm going to get this. <laughs> so that was funny too, but very cool 
Uh, very cool tournament ran by some good people. So hope to get in on those and, uh, and for the rest of the year. And, and then those will kick back up next year. And I hope we get to participate. Looking, looking maybe to try to get Hudson and I in some team events, you know, schedule permitting for next year. We're going we're gonna to see what we can come up with. He's really interested in that, and he's a little too young for the high school stuff. I know they got junior bass and all that out there, but uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. Just super, super proud, you know, just and grateful that he, that he enjoys the outdoors. And, and all, my, all my kids do. Uh, you know, my youngest rider loves it. My, my, my brother's uh, from another father. <laughs> My stepkids, uh, Charlie and Wes, they love it too. And even Harper, Harper Louise, she loves it too. But but Hudson's just like, it's really like just kicking on all cylinders for him right now. And it's really cool. And he's he's watching a lot of fishing videos and, and things like that. So it's really exciting. Really exciting. I, if you don't, if you've never if you don't have kids, find a kid to take fishing, you know? Maybe not just some random kid. You know, people get weird about that, but uh, but dude, it just makes such a big difference in their life. I feel like, and and there are so many dads that take their kids to this tournament because you know have these big boat runs and and they can they can fish with their smaller children in this event. It's a super laid back but competitive environment. It's really really cool to see uh, so many dads, and I know a lot of y'all watching this. You, you got kids involved in high school fishing and different things, and. You know, kudos to y'all for that because it's a it's a it's a good thing to be involved in. The purity of tournament fishing before all the business gets involved is just really it's a it's a beautiful thing. So um thank y'all to the dads and the mamas. The mamas. Well, I know we got a lot of mamas out there taking them kids to the boat ramps and taking them fishing and things and, and that like to fish themselves. So ain't all ain't all on all us daddies. The mamas out there doing the doing the Lord's work too. I know I know my mama. Dang sure drove me to some boat ramps and some ponds and some creeks, much to uh, against her will a few times, too, and her better judgment. She's like, when do you want me to come back and get you? At dark? Luke, I, I don't feel like this is safe. Mom, I got it. I got it. And then, uh, and then just chaos would ensue after she would drop me off. But she did it. Teresa was always very supportive of that. So shout out to you mamas, too. Shout out to you mamas. Bassmaster Open. Just wrapped up. Hey, wait a second. Before I continue, I almost forgot that Low Budget Live is brought to you by the fine folks at StarTron. We could never forget StarTron. But I didn't, I didn't have a good segue into a plug like normal. StarTron kicking ethanol in the freaking teeth for several years and helping Low Budget Live kick it in the teeth. And all you low lifers out there, ethanol is a very, very nasty thing that can gum up your outboard engine, your car, your weed eater, your chainsaw, uh, you know, anything. Your hedge trimmers. Maybe you need to trim your hedges a little bit. Ethanol will get in there and just mess it all up. So you want to use an enzyme fuel treatment like StarTron, kick ethanol in the teeth. This bottle right here treats 256 gallons. 202, say that. How many gallons your weed eater hold? I don't know, about a quarter of a gallon? Yeah, 256 gallons if you go purchase this bottle right here. Make sure if you do that, go tag me on Instagram. I'll share it. But I appreciate you low life for supporting Low Budget Live, and I appreciate Starbright Cleaning Products and StarTron for supporting this podcast for such a long time because nothing Ruins a good day on the water, like an outboard engine that won't run, and StarTron's going to keep that from happening, at least as far as ethanol goes. If you leave your battery, you know, leave your battery on, StarTron ain't going to jump you off, you know. It ain't going to tow you back to the ramp. 
but it'll kick ethanol teeth. So thanks to the fine folks at StarTron. Now, moving on. Bassmaster Open. Down on Big Sam. We talked about this a little bit last week. I actually did not, because Hudson and I were fishing, get to watch any Bassmaster Opens live. Seen some clips, though. Got to see some clips of my buddy Josh Douglas putting in a big one in the boat. And, uh, and I was so excited. First of all, congrats to Masayuki Masusita. I hope I said that right, because uh, he smashed 60 pounds for three days in September on Rayburn. Beat a lot of locals. Beat a lot of really, really good pros. Uh, he's clearly a fish catcher and was dialed in. So congrats to him. Don't want to take anything from his win, but I personally was pulling for my boy Josh Douglas, who finished second, because Dougie and I go way back, FLW Tour, and he is one of the hardest-working dudes in fishing. He's been on low budget before, an actual live down at Sam Rayburn, of all places. But Dougie works as hard as anybody in this sport on the sponsor game, for his sponsors, getting sponsors on the water, doing his homework. He's an electronics guru. And and I got off the water, out at the term I was telling you about, Hudson and I, and I legit checked Bass Track, and it showed Dougie winning. Showed him leading, and there was like 30 minutes for weigh-in. And I was so pumped. So pumped. So it was a little bit of a letdown that he didn't win because I was so excited for him. I called Marissa. I was like, hey, Dougie's, I think Dougie's going to win going to win the Rayburn event. Because honestly, I didn't know that any of those guys really had a chance because Daryl Gleason, who smashes on that lake, caught a giant bag day two. He took the lead. Normally, he doesn't give those leads back. He has been there before. He's won a Bassmaster Open before. Really good dude. Really great fisherman. Guide on Salida Bend. Guides on Rayburn some. More on Salida Bend than anywhere. And I really thought that it would kind of be his to lose, and he, and he lost it. He lost it to these guys. He had a little bit tougher day. But uh, Dougie, I mean, catching them and uh, hung in there. But Masayuki Masotita. Hope I'm saying that right. I really do hope that I'm saying that right because I was reading. It was very interesting. He's, he's talking about electronics. I heard, I had a little birdie tell me, he also had him a, a Garmin live scope, but he was talking about his Humminbird 360 on there as well. It's amazing what these guys are doing with electronics. And especially in that, in that brush pile game, I, I can say that uh, it's truly changed it. I mean, we always had electronics to look for, but now you can make such pinpoint casts with this forward-looking, you know, especially live scope is live. Like you're watching fish swim through the brush at that exact time. But then Humminbird 360 is very cool as well. And you can, it's just two different tools. It's two completely different animals. And it's really cool to seeing these guys piece it all together. Because, like, does that guy win without those electrons? I don't know. And then does it turn into a, like, 10 years ago, would that have been a frog fishing tournament? Because I know Jason Christie, with a hard IE, Jason Christie, the man, Jason Christie, caught him on a frog. Our old buddy, Gerald Swindle. Look at this jersey right here we got, huh? Thanks to G-Man for that. But, uh... G-Man made the top 10. I got to think there was some, some frogging going on in his life. He's a junk fisherman, some buzz baiting frogging. I doubt he was out there slinging at brush piles. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. Been wrong a couple times. But uh, 
Jason Christie smashed him on a frog, heard him saying he got 21 pounds one day. He said he put that pad crasher in his hand and called him up. But I, you wonder, though, without electronics, does that become more of a, a frog event? You know, it's a tough time of year. A lot of fish in transition. I know on the Tennessee River, I see them on that live scope all the freaking time, and they suspend a ton, either over the top of brush, under bait fish. It's crazy. This time of year is such a transition. Late summer, early fall is one of the toughest times in bass fishing. So it's very cool to see. I love technology. I know this is a debate. All these folks, you know, the Randy Blockets of the world have issues with it. Um, and have made posts about it. And I, and I know a lot of people do have issues with it. They feel like it takes them out of the game because either they can't afford it or they don't have them or blah, blah, blah or whatever. But it's just a different tool. Those fish don't got to make them bite. They don't necessarily – I mean – Everybody's had side imaging forever, you know, and it does. It makes so it does educate the fish. The more and more people that get these, but I mean, so if if everybody just threw laydowns on the bank all day with a three quarter ounce black and blue jig, eventually they would stop eating the three quarter ounce black and blue jig on the bank on every laydown, you know. So there can be arguments made in every which way on this topic, but I find it interesting that so many people truly get upset about it. I mean, they they do, and I, I think. You know, we've seen technological strides in everything from bass boats to outboards to our tackle. I mean, think about rods and reels from 10 years ago to, you know, these lightweight, you know, things that we're using now, fluorocarbon, braid, like where all this stuff's got hooks. Think about, think about like a trocar, like where it came from the first eagle claw out there. I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Tungsten weights. I mean, everything evolves and some people have issues with some of it, but not with others. And it's really, uh, it's kind of strange. It's, it's really a strange situation how much it bugs people to me. And my thing is, if that's not your deal, where bass fishing is for me, and I actually put this on Twitter not long ago, if, if that's not what you like about bass fishing, don't do it, right? What's the big deal in that? Don't do it. Go throw a chartreuse and white spinnerbait at the bank all day. If that's what makes you happy, do it. Why you got to worry about what the dude in the next, but you know, it's like John Cox said on here. If your boat's holding you back, if you're using electronic, you know, not having electronics is an excuse, then you don't love it enough. I never had any of this stuff until the last few years ever in my whole life. I still love catching bass, even if it's just winding a square bill down the bank. I love catching them all. I want to catch every single one of them. I can catch every time I go fishing. And I try not to make excuses to, Oh, well, if I had that, I could do this because I, I think that's silly. I think that's silly, and I think it's also – I saw a comment some guy says uh, somewhere online, I don't remember, one of the Insta, Insta webs, social media, some guy said, well, yeah, we tell our kids to get outside and play, not play video – or, you know, get off the video games and go outside, but then we tell them to go look at a screen in the boat. It's the dumbest comment I've ever heard. If you listen to the show and you commented that, I'm sorry, that's the dumbest comment I've ever heard. Because I can tell you from that tw- from the father of those kids that are that age that do love playing Fortnite and watching streaming video games and all that, when I get them in the boat and I show them live scope, they lose their minds because it makes sense to them. It makes sense to they're like, this is so cool. There, there they are. I can see them, Dad. My dad never got to show me anything like that. Now, that's not all they want to do when they go fishing, but it makes them Anything that makes them that much more interested in it, I'm here for it. So that's that's a silly stance to have on this entire issue. And I actually haven't talked about this yet. 
But it, it is. It's a, uh, it's, that's a, that's a weird stance. Very weird stance to have. But to each their own, you know, if you like beating the banks, beat the banks. A lot of people make it work for them. If you like fishing offshore, fish offshore. If you like doing whatever, do whatever. Fishing is, if you like fishing live bait, go fish live bait. Don't, I, I try not to condemn people that fish live bait because guess what? They enjoy it, you know? Sometimes I do get a little carried away, people eating fish, whatever, that kind of stuff, eating bass. You, you, on the Tennessee River, you see guys flopping five and six pound smallmouth in a cooler. That's kind of frustrating, but, you know, so it makes them happy. That's their fishing. I know, I personally know a lot of people from my general area that that's all they do is live bait fish for bass. It's all they've ever done. And that's, you know, whatever. That's okay. They're buying fishing license too. They're buying hooks. They're buying, you know, they're buying stuff. That's what, that's what they want to go do. So I don't understand saying it's holding people back or that stance that it's a bad thing. It's just going to keep evolving. And as it evolves, if you don't evolve with it, it will roll you over like a gigantic avalanche coming down a hill. I think that's a very fair statement. If you don't decide to conform at least a little bit, I'll tell you something you don't know. John Cox, who's fished no electronics whatsoever, he's got some electronics on that boat you don't know about. Because <laughs> I've had these conversations with him. I mean, it, it, everybody gives in at some point. You would be completely shocked to know some of the pros that have tried to make the switch, you know, to not have an electronic sponsor because they want to be free agents and be able to run everything because there are so many great tools out there now, like what Jacob Wheeler did this year, and it paid off for him gigantically. He left Lawrence, goes to all these others. There are a lot of guys thinking about that. There are also guys that are diehard, black and blue, tried and true, freaking band brand ambassadors for one brand that are like, hey, man, can I get one of them live scopes over here? Hey, man, can I get one of them Hummingbird 360s? The live scope's a little easier to hide than the 360 because that thing looks like this microphone mounted on the front of your troll motor. So you can be a little more low-key with it than you can live scope. I mean, you can be more low-key with live scope than you can with it. I'm, I'm all mixed up today. But uh, I think that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize in, in situations like that. But it's it's like having that you're sponsored by Strike King or Sixth Sense or whoever and Blah, blah, blah down the street's got this juice little homemade crank bait. And you're like, mm-hmm, put that on my rod. You know, back in the day, you could kind of hide that, you know. Kevin Van Damme's probably caught a boatload of them on a Mega Bass 110, but it's that old Strike King KVD jerker now, you know. Uh, a Lucky Craft pointer back in the day. And, oh, it's a Strike King prototype. Is it? Is it now that there's Go, you know, there's GoPro in every boat, there's live cards? You can't hide those things. You can't hide those things at all. So, um it makes it tricky, but there are guys. I actually know people within electronics companies that are worried that pro staff people might leave because these deals, you know, for a lot of guys aren't necessarily that great. If you, say you pay somebody $10,000, okay? I'm going to pay you $10,000, Luke Duncan, to sponsor you, and I'm going to give you electronics. Well, for a guy that is fishing for hundreds of thousands of dollars week after week after week after week after week, $10,000 may sound a lot to you and I up front. Shoot, yeah, I'm sponsored by Brand X. But if you miss three checks in a row because you don't have a Garmin Live Scope or you don't have a Humminbird 360 or you don't have a Lawrence, whatchamacallit, is it worth that ten grand? And that is exactly what Jacob Wheeler looked at me and said. He and I were having a conversation earlier this year, and he, he was getting paid a certain amount by an electronics company. He said, why would I do that? 
Why would I do that? It doesn't make sense. Text our guest for today. Real quick, real quick, like, why would I do that if I miss one check? If I make one check because of it, then the man goes on a tear and wins every, everything, you know, a ton of stuff. And uh, he made it work. And there'll be a lot of other people that make it work. And I think St. Clair showed us that. You had a lot of Humminbird guys using Garmin live scopes in the boat. Couldn't say anything about it. I was actually told by an Elite Series angler that out of the 40 checks cut at St. Clair, 30 of those 40 checks were cut by guys that had live scope on their boat, either sponsored by Garmin or not sponsored by Garmin. That's a statement. <laughs> 30 of 40. So you're down there trying to do your thing, trying to be loyal to your sponsors, and you don't go to live scope. Man, it's tricky. It's very tricky. Let's let's restart a camera right quick. Come on with it. Just like that, we're back going because my camera only shoots for so long, this new beautiful HD camera. All right, we're going to roll right into a guest. So my guest today is a very interesting character in the sport of professional bass fishing and is very good for the sport, in my opinion. He's a breath of fresh air because he's, he calls it like he sees it. He is a very hard worker. He is a unique dude. He's really funny, charismatic. He is 14th in the Falcon Rods overall combined angler of the year points from the central and eastern opens he's 14th you got to make the top four i believe in that he is a former classic qualifier he is a kentucky lake assassin my man has won everything there and then some he just wrapped up the bassmaster open down at sam rayburn and unfortunately donated about fifteen thousand dollars worth of his fishing gear to some crooks and he is always always on them so we're gonna call mr matt robertson and hope he answers the phone because it's gonna be awkward if he what's, up? what's up what's up dude always on them let me let me adjust my let me adjust my sound i'm a one-man band here sir I'm not, good, I'm not like that Renwick dude. I don't have minions running around the background. Oh, Pat's making him sound like a beautiful, blonde, bassin, proper bassin, you know, talk show yeah, host. you don't have you a big old crew, huh? I ain't got a crew, buddy. I'm running all over. Damn, I, I'm sitting here. I'm running a camera. I'm, I'm running the phone. I'm running the sound. I'm, run, I'm recording. I mean, I think I need some help, but I'm like you. I just try to do it myself, buddy. I just try to I do it. My, I just try to do it my damn self. So... I gave you I gave you an intro coming in. I talked about a lot of things you had going on and coming off that open, and yep. uh, and and man, I've been wanting to get you on forever. And I, I was actually talking with Renwick this morning. We were texting back and forth, and I said, "Hey, man, I need to get Matt on." And and I had a lot of requests. So my podcast, I always record it like this, and it posts on a Monday. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I had already recorded after you made a post about the crazy freaking incident you had happened to you yeah, out there yeah. and i had a lot of comments on monday guys going hey you forgot to talk about matt or hey you gotta you gotta get matt on and 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 i share show's already done hey, i'm like our show's already done so i wanted to this week just because man it really i want to talk about a lot with you because i i'm i'm a fan 
first of all, but I want to talk about a lot with yeah. you. But I want to jump in by talking about this first because I think people need to hear this story in case yeah. they haven't. That's why I shared it on social media. But yeah. take us through what happened last Sunday in Lufkin, Texas. Okay, man. Um, well, my wife took me to uh, – she rode with me to the ramp. And and she dumped me in the water, and I went out practicing. And and she had a few errands to go run, you know, go grab a few groceries, a few little things. So she went uh, went back to the house for staying at, unhooked the trailer, and went to Walmart. And got got out of the truck, went inside for no more than thirty minutes. Came back outside, got in the truck, you know. And went to Academy and uh, Sam's Club. Went back to the house. And and then whenever she went to hook the trailer up that evening, she went to back it up and looked in the bed of the truck and noticed everything was gone. Jeez. And so, so she didn't even notice this till that evening. And she, uh, she hooked up the trailer and, you know, she was... She was kind of panicking, and, you know, she came up there, and you don't have good service up there. so she No, not at all. Tell, man. <laughs> not at all. So so she gets to the ramp, and she the truck's up in the parking lot. I'm th- sitting there thinking, man, why, why the heck ain't she just bringing the trailer down here? And she comes down there, and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, all the stuff in the back of you, all your stuff is gone. And I'm like, what? Are you, are you kidding me? And I had to go. I, I literally I just walked up there because I just – a part of me was hoping she was playing, but I could tell that she wasn't. You know? mm-hmm. And and I got up there and and, and like, like she said, I'm, uh, the spare tire was in there. Um, actually, there was one little tackle box left. <laughs> you know, like a plain, a regular yeah. plain old tackle box in there in the very back, and it had all my old. I don't even know if you know what this is, but it was. Uh, some Fred Arbogast mud bugs. Dang right, and, I know what they are, son. <laughs> and uh, that's all that was left that in my spare tire. Yeah. And so we loaded the boat. And dude, I'm telling you, I'm not. I don't know. It's like I was. It's like I was chasing after the people that took it. I was doing ninety or a hundred all the way to the left into Walmart to meet the police there. And and they took all the information and whatnot. And and I made the post, and the post kind of blew up. And I want to, you know, I want to thank everybody for sharing it. First off, you know, um, the support from the fishing community has been crazy. It was awesome to see, dude. I, I and and I, it was so. That was something I was gonna, I was gonna get to. I'm glad, you, and I'll stop you right there just for a second to say yeah. that I want to thank everybody for sharing it too because. It was incredible. We all bicker back and forth. Oh, MLS better than bass. FLW is better than this. And, that, and that, it's you know, it's the constant on the internet. But to yeah. see everybody go screw up everything, let's share Matt's story, dude. It was awesome to see. Even though it was a terrible incident, it was awesome to see that. But but uh, but go ahead. Yeah, you, right. you you headed you headed to Walmart. Yeah, and uh, you know the police took my information and um, and and. So I tried to, you know, the rest of the week, I just kind of, I went in Walmart, got a few things, and, um, man, some people were reaching out to me and whatnot, you know, seeing if I needed anything, and and I was like, no, no, I'm good. There's a local tackle store up there called the Tackle Addict. Mm -hmm. 
and uh man i'm gonna tell you what a bunch of great guys and there's this guy who messaged me and i man i didn't I didn't take anything from anybody, but he had won a gift certificate that they'd give away once a month. It's a $500 gift certificate. And, uh, and he told me to, his name's Ivan Bach, and he told me to go up there and they were, and the tackle addict would, you know, give me the $500 gift certificate. And I, you know, I was like, well, you know, he offered it to me, you know, and it's not really out of pocket. And, but I still felt bad. I even talked to a couple of my buddies. I was like, dude, I feel bad about it. You know, it was, it was weighing on my conscience, you know, even taking a, a gift card. Mm-hmm. So I go up there and them guys, the, I mean, the guys up there at the tackle addict, they were adamant about me using it. Like, like very, very adamant. Because I told him, I said, dude, I, I just, you know, I'll just get what I need. And, and you know, they're going to help me out a little bit and give me a little discount and you know go from there but so i got the stuff and i I used like 300 and something dollars of the gift card and and they said i asked them if they would just give the rest of it back time because i I was just trying to get through the week you know yeah all i had was a little bit of tackle on my boat and and so i did that and and that got me going for the week well, that, that's so. that's incredible, man. Those guys at Tackle Attic out there are are really good people. That's an awesome store too. If you're ever at Sam Rayburn, make sure you stop and see those guys. And I think you can buy online through them as well. They're really, really good guys. I actually, I think I saw, um, or I read that. I read that in a Bassmaster article that that they had done that. Uh, yeah. And 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 you said so. Uh, a lot of people too reached out to you with gear and things. Did did so you had yeah. obviously you had your rods and reels. You were out practicing. Did you have any spare rods yeah. and reels in the back of the truck too that got taken? Man, I, I had a couple reel, you know, two, three, four reels, uh, some loose super duties, and I mean, but other than that, no, I'd actually. Uh, taking my rods inside, um, inside the, uh, the house we were staying at, but everything else I owned, literally every piece of tackle I owned, except for what was in my boat, and I just stuck a little bit of everything in my boat because I what you know just to get a feel for it out on the lake, mm-hmm. and everything else was in the back there, mm. and they literally took everything I owned. I mean, and. Yeah, they pop. You know, they pop the. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, it's a little older camper shell has the two latches on each side, and they just pop the two latches. You know, and and yeah, I had it all in totes. Seven of those huge Walmart totes, and there's also a Minnesota trolling motor back there, and a few car and a couple cardboard boxes of like you know some striking line and different stuff. Mm-hmm. And the day I unloaded it, I could probably unload it. If I was going to do it like they was in a couple minutes, I had it that organized. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, it was brutal. And, it, and and I know you said it was there were some Hinkle, Hinkle sheds in there, and there yeah, were some Depths 250. So just just talk about some of the more specific stuff on here. If y'all are in that area, you see any of these things pop up online that look like they're used, I mean, let's, let's figure this out for Matt. Yeah, so there was um, a Hinkle trout. It was just the trout-colored one. Uh, it's 11-inch swim bait. There was three depths 250s, um, an original 250 with a foam body. It was a flash carp color and and two carp colored um, depths 250s of the newer style. Uh, 
man, there was a whole box of Huddleston swim baits, probably eight, 10 inch swim baits. And those were like the IU color and the trout color. Um, and probably 15 or 28 inch Huddleston's. Um, Jeez. There, yeah. Um, some of the other, I mean, I had some S waivers and whatnot in there. There's a few other glide baits. Um, I had about 60 packs of the old seven inch bass trick swim baits. I know <laughs> they don't make them anymore. So if somebody comes across a big lot of those, um, that's pretty recognizable. I had, a man, I had a load. I had probably 30 packs of seven inch Scott's burls, 30 packs of six inch Scott's burl swim baits and, uh, a few five inch Scott's burls. Um, I mean, it, it was, oh, also some of the, uh, little more rare swim baits were, uh, I had an original 12 inch Batesmith Magnum swim bait has the, the two metal keepers on the side, right behind the, the gills for the, the two stinger hooks and on the back and the belly. I also had an original, uh, nine inch Batesmith Mag Magnum in the trout color in there and I also had about three or four of the newer Batesmith Magnum uh, swim baits in there so like I said as far as distinctive swim baits those are those are probably the ones to keep an eye out for okay of course um, man I had boxes of uh, a couple totes of Kytex Rage Swimmers um, there's a lot of the new Strike King line I know it's not out on the market real well, especially with stuff that's going on. I hadn't had the opportunity to to hit the market. So if somebody runs across um, a large quantity of Strike King line out there for sale by somebody, that's probably a big red flag as well as, you know, probably another five grand worth of, you know, Strike King product. That gummit, man. Well, I, I, I feel like this is... Getting this information out there is huge. I saw you post a video today, uh, earlier today, about you still really hadn't heard from the Lufkin Police Department on this. And that, and from my experience, I, I've had my tackle stolen twice, and, it, and both times it was actually stolen out of my garage. I, I've, I've been really fortunate as much as I've been on the road to not have an incident like this, but the the stuff you know insurance will take care of some of it obviously people you got sponsors great sponsors strike king people yeah. like that they'll they'll help you replace this but it's the it's like you're saying it's these huddlestones it's these that it's the things that you've worked hard for oh, and yeah. the things you build up over time that make you feel just freaking dirty about it I, i'll never forget we we had it I, I was a freshman in college when i had my dad and i some jackass drug head stole everything we had man and he stole yep. and, and i'll never forget it was one of the first times i ever saw my daddy cry in my entire life and it was because yep. he lost bombers that he'd had forever and bagleys yep. and old popars and all this stuff that you can't just replace and That's right. i was 19 and came out smelling like a rose because i got all kind of new crap <laughs> and he's like yeah oh, good yeah. for you you know because the, the four or five rod and reels i had i, I got upgrades you know but it's that stuff that hurts the most. But in dealing with these situations, it seems like maybe they don't put, and, I, and I'm not talking about the police at all, but sometimes yeah. I've had friends that have gone through this too. It's like, it's like it's not 
on top of the priority list at times, you know, yeah. and it's your entire life and it's very, it's gotta be very frustrating. So as of tonight, you haven't, you haven't heard back from them. Oh man. Um, I, I'll, I'll actually tell you what happened and I don't, I don't know if there's a miscommunication or anything, but I do know that they have security footage of the people okay. taking it from Walmart. Um, I got that. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, but somebody on social media sent my wife a message and informed her that there was security footage and it was being sent over. Dang. And uh, my wife called the the detective on the case and he kind of, he said that this is getting way too much social media attention (laughs) and too much, uh, you know, television and just getting way too much attention. How, how could that be a bad thing, though, is my oh, question. I mean, I mean, because you're sitting here I telling mean, me you got $15,000 worth of your hard-earned stuff floating around out there, and these special swim baits, if this jack wagon walks into a pawn shop with them, the more attention yep. we get, we get this guy caught, and we get your crap back. Like, that's yep. what I. That's why we need to spread, in my opinion. I'm not a cop, obviously. Listen, my, my best friend and fishing partner, one of my, I can fish with two guys, one Don Billy. My best friend's a detective for the Kentucky State Police for 20-something years now. And and he said that, you know, you want to get the word out so you get leads. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not talking bad about no, it. Not, no, not me, me either. It doesn't I, make sense to me. But, um, but so I called up there to the Lufkin Police Department Friday after I got done fishing because I just wanted to get through the week and concentrate on fishing. Absolutely. You got a, you got a goal in mind here. That's why yeah. you're doing this. That's right. Yeah, and uh, and and I asked, you know, the detective wasn't in, and they sent me to, to the corporal as supervisor. So um, I was talking to him, and he said, and he, you know, I told him who it was, case number and everything. And I told him, I said, I said, man, I just hadn't heard anything I was calling to to touch base and just kind of see where we're at, you know, see what you found out. And he was like, well, detective so-and-so has it in his report that he's tried contacting you and uh, you won't answer or return his call. I said, buddy, let me tell you something, dude. I said, my phone ain't ringing. I ain't got a voicemail, you know? So, and, and I asked him, I said, if he's trying to get a hold of me so bad, I was like, my wife, so he talked to my wife. I said he has her phone number, and she hadn't had a return to call or anything to try to get a hold of me or to make sure he had the right number. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I left a message uh, the last two days waiting to hear back from him on hopefully Monday. Okay. Well, so, let, let me ask you this about your truck. Just because I, I'm curious, do you have do you have a wrap truck? No, man, I just got a regular, it's a 2004 blue Chevrolet with a, uh, a blue camper shell. The windows, the, the windows on the camper shells tinted. And hmm. I mean, they could have been just trying to, you, uh, the reason I said, I wonder, you know, in these big bass fishing areas, we've seen it at Gunnersville. I know y'all seen it, Kentucky Lake Summit. Normally don't run rampant long because some good old boys normally take care of these crooks <laughs> that do this yeah. and watch for them, you know, and set things up. But I, that's why I asked that. I just wondered, were they just meth heads busting into the back of a, any camper or were they targeting, hey, this this guy's here from out of town fishing. 
let's let's see what he's got kind of thing because you know we see it all the time talk uh the takumi ito taku yeah he got hit at dayton we see it in these communities and they definitely a lot of times these crooks know what in the hell they're trying to find for sure so that's why i asked that man honestly i'm not sure i think it's i think it is possible that people were scoping out walmart parking lot and maybe seen the out-of-state license and seen stuff back there and thought, mm-hmm. all right, let's unload this stuff and hit the jackpot. Yeah, that's a fact. But, but but I will tell you, I was talking to a couple locals from like around Toledo Bend, and they said, you know, there'd be some riffraff living, you know, not far from where you're staying, and they'll see you going backwards and forth in the morning and in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And uh, they may necessarily not do it, but they'll, they know somebody that will, and they'll – so kind of keep an eye out on you and and pick a time to hit you, you know. Ain't, so. ain't it amazing that that people? Because you're a hard worker. I, I keep oh, up. I, I follow you. I, I follow you. I, I absolutely. I, I said this when I was introing you, but I respect you as much as anybody in the sport, man. I, I keep up with you. You bust your ass every day of the week just so you can go fishing just for these opportunities and so it really pisses me off when some scumbag if they worked as hard as you do just working they wouldn't need to steal people's crap for their drug money they could just maybe spend their freaking measly money that they make <laughs> whatever they do on their drugs or whatever but not have to yeah. take your hard-earned crap like it drives me nuts to see that man it drives me crazy and like you just saying well i mean they could have watched it that's kind of what i was thinking like they probably did. They probably saw That's you coming and going. Yeah. I mean, I, because I don't think you just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a crook, but I, I sound like Richard Nixon. But I, you, I'm going to uh, tell you, if they were just at Walmart watching, if they were just at Walmart, you know, looking for an out-of-state license plate, buddy, they hit the jackpot. No, ain't no doubt. And But and, and my thing is, if they got all that stuff, they won't know what to do with it. And that's why I'm saying it's important for us is the bass fishing community to know what was in those totes. Well, like you've said, because if it's some jack wagon that don't know what a depth 250 is, son, he'll try to go get rid of it. already unloaded if it's somebody who didn't know what it was. Absolutely. I, I would agree. I would agree. And that's yeah, what I've been thinking the whole time. Yeah, for sure. They would have already I tried to get it. Somebody who knows knows what it was. Now ain't no, now ain't no doubt, so. man. Well, I hope that we can help you at least get some of it back, man. I, I do. Uh, talk about talk about the week though. You, I, I saw you are uh, you're fourteenth in the overall points. You're fishing yep. both divisions. I'm assuming your goal is the elite series, correct? I mean, that's yeah, where you want to be in life. Yeah, I probably, you know, I called Seth after this week. Man, man, Seth's pretty good friends, and uh, and I had a little talk with him about it. Um, man, I've kind of done a little pondering. I usually, in the past, I've always just fished tournaments, fished to win or go home and, you know, last place and not care. And so, but to qualify for the Elite Series, you're having to fish for points. And, and I'm kind of, last year, I approached it just to try to win everything, and... And I had three bad tournaments and one good tournament. So that doesn't do good when trying to qualify for the Elite Series, you know. So this year I'm taking a little different aspect of it and and fishing for points more. And I feel like I gave up uh, probably my best opportunity to win one that week to, to try to stay in the points. 
Really? Talk talk about that. Yeah. What 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 were you thinking coming out of practice? Because I know you're you're a you're you're a dual threat dude because you're a Tennessee River guy like me, so you have to do everything shallow and deep. But you're a deep water dude. Best yeah. I can tell, you you love your electronics. Uh, I heard a cool story about you one time. I'll tell it real fast. My buddy Justin Atkins was talking about you having like a spare transducer in case you didn't have a trans. You had a transducer go out. Like it meant that Dude. much to you to make yeah. sure your stuff's always working. So was it an offshore thing for you coming out of this that you thought you could win on, but you decided to play it safe? Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, man. I do have a whole. Uh, I have a whole secondary sonar set up in my boat. Two transducers, two boxes, two ever, two Ethernet cables. The whole deal, all the way to my unit. I even have a spare unit just in case. Jeez, that's awesome. Um, so, so yeah, I was out there looking deep, and and I found a couple schools. You know, not 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 the schools weren't big ones. You know, but they they were some schools, and that left me hopeful that there was some schools of big ones. Um, I caught some absolute giants in practice. I, I saw that. 11, yeah. Oh, 11, seven and, and, and I caught a couple, you know, some more eights and whatnot. And I thought, man, I got a shot at this. And, uh, I thought I was sitting there pondering, not getting many bites out deep, but if I do get five bites, they're going to, you know, they're going to weigh big. And I thought, man. I'm going to go, I found a, a school up one of the arms in about eight feet of water in a little ditch. And, uh, I thought, man, I'll go up there and catch me five keepers real quick. And I found another little patch of standing timber. I was cranking actually with a, with an old Bagley crankbait, a DB 30. And, uh, and man, I, I catch them pretty quick. And I, I messed around those two places trying to catch a limit just to ensure I get the points. And and I come out of there with, you know, like four, and I thought it would take me 30 minutes to catch five, and it took me two or three hours. Mm. So, and then I went fishing, uh, I went up fishing deep, hitting some brush piles and whatnot, and uh, hit a little shallow grass stretch I'd caught some on, ended up with 13 pounds. And, and I actually didn't foresee them catching them as good as they did. Um, I mean, there were some, you know, a lot of 20-pound bags weighed in. So, so the next day I tried to, I decided to change it up and I, you know, I was like, all right, we're going to go, I'm going to start where I caught the 11 seven. Cause not only cause I caught a big one there, but there were a lot of fish on that, on that brush pile in the area. So I start rolling through, I go start there and I didn't get a bite there. And, uh, and I rolled through, I'm going to, uh, the next spot and I caught a six pounder <laughs> and, uh, fished a couple other places and, uh, and I caught a three pounder. And, and I'm not one. I broke off another, about two hours later, I just kept running brush piles. And, and then I broke off a big one in a brush pile. And, man, I, here's here's going to be a crazy thing. I almost always throw monofilament. Almost always. Okay. I throw mono on everything. And I switched to some fluorocarbon. And, and I, I got a pretty aggressive hook set. And... And I just floor carbon's a little more brittle, and I have and I'm, I break it, you know, I break it more often than I do the mono, which has more stretch to it. Mm-hmm. I broke off one in a brush pile, felt pretty big, you know, and then and then I was throwing a worm in the, in the very next spot. I reeled up a one, I reeled up my worm, and I had my rod kind of high, and dude, I'm telling you, minimum 
minimum of seven pounder eat it at the boat right where i could see it whenever i reeled it up my i was like okay don't set the hook hard man and (laughs) you know because i I knew what i yeah so i barely set the hook and he was on his way down i'm talking hard i'm i mean i'm talking vicious going and he pal and it just Mm. i mean it just took the wind out of my sails from there and then i ran up and tried to catch those keepers i was like well i got I got two fish that weigh about nine pounds. I was like, if I can catch six pounds, I said, you know, that'll 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 put at least put me in the points where I need to be. And and dude, I could not get them. Both them schools just shut down and just wouldn't do it. And it, it was, I mean, like I said, I if you want to qualify for the elite series, and this is what me and Seth talked about, whenever. It's in your wheelhouse. You almost need to swing for it. And this is hindsight. And, and I didn't talk to him about it till after. Whenever it's in your wheelhouse, you need to swing for it. No matter what. Not, no matter what's yeah. going on, right? Yeah. You swing for it. And he said, but then, and well, we, we kind of both agreed. Whenever it's not in your wheelhouse, that's whenever you fish for the points. Always shoot for the top 10, but fish for points, you I, know, because the, the end goal isn't. Isn't, I would love to win open. I want to, but that's not my goal. My goal is to be in the top four points at the end of the year. That's dude, that, that's really interesting because I've heard guys on this show so many times say different things about their approaches, no matter whether they're fishing MLF, the Elite Series, different things, how they practice different different things. And something that jumps out is Gerald Swindle always says he, that you got to decide – you got to try to decide after practice or after a couple of days of practice, are you on the fish for points? Are you on the fish to win? Or are you on the fish just to get the hell home? <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's true. I mean, and, and what you're saying, it makes sense. This was kind of up on a tee for you. It's offshore fishing. It's yeah. one of your shrinks. But you're in the back of your mind, you're like, man, I'm trying to qualify for the lead, so I'm not really. And, yeah. and, and there'll be comments on this. People are like, well, you should try to win every tournament. Well, that doesn't. it doesn't always work that way. After three days Trust of practice – yeah. You know, right? And you are a guy. You are very in your face with the fact that you want to win all of them or you just don't care. And you're yeah. very much on social media. You're like, guess what, guys? I suck today. You don't care. You don't sugarcoat it. You don't make the big, long post of, well, this happened in the water conditions and the pressure changed and blah, blah, blah. You're like, I suck. See you next time. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what I love, man. I love that. So it's interesting yeah, to hear you say you're, you're either suck or you don't. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's 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 true, man. I mean, that's uh, and we've all we've all been there. And when I was on the tour, I mean, Lord knows I sucked more than I I didn't. And it's for me, it, it was always funny. Just like, yeah, I sucked. Sorry. See you at the you know, see you at yeah. the next one. I mean, it is what it is. You hear guys say, "Oh, I was in the same area as Denny Brower." I mean, I found them same fit. It don't matter. Yep. <laughs> it don't, it matter. don't matter. Right. It don't matter at the end of the day. And I love I love your attitude about that, but. It's interesting to hear you say that because about the points thing, though, because you are you've got a ton of wins under your belt at different levels of competition. But yeah. I guess having that lifetime goal of getting there, it, it does it does get in the back of your head, and you can't looking this year. I feel like you can have a bad tournament or two with the yep. combined points more than exactly. ever before in the opens. Uh, so it does change it a little bit because man. In years past, if you almost didn't top ten them or top fifteen on, you couldn't make it in three or four but tournaments. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there for you, and and you may want to check the math on this because I may have done it wrong. Okay, but 
I sat down there and kind of hashed it out what it took to make the elite series in the Eastern Opens next last year. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't even say this. But I figured it out. And I might listen to Somebody out there is going to be listening. They're going to go back look at the weights, and they're going to add it up and divide it, do all the math, and they're going to say, oh, hell, he was wrong. It took more. But I'm pretty sure it only took 12 and a half pounds a day last year on average to make the elite series. I would agree with that. I would agree with I that. Mean, average per day of tournament fishing. I would agree uh, with that. And I'm not shooting for 12 and a half pounds a day, but I'm just, that made me realize, I was like, damn, man, if you wasn't trying to win every damn one of them and just tried to, you know, catch some fish, you'd, you'd, probably, you'd probably qualify, you know, instead of going balls out. Sometimes it's okay to play small ball. You know yeah, what I mean? You know, I mean, sometimes you got to bunt. Game, not short game. I know. Yeah. So. Well, so so for you, uh, you've talked about you want to make the Elite Series. Just talk about your plan when you get there. Because you hear so many people, so many people. You hear them all the time. And I, I had John Cox on a couple of weeks, and he, he gave me a quote that, that's been heard around the world. And people saying, if your boat's holding you back, you don't love it enough. If something's yep. holding you back in bass fishing, you don't love it enough. What would you say to somebody that says, "Well, man, I can't, I can't do that because I got to work, or I can't do this because I can't afford it, or I can't do this because I don't have sponsors, or I got this boat and I got that"? What would you say to those people? Whenever anybody says that I got to work or I got this or I have to do that, it's all a bullshit excuse, and and I ain't sugarcoating it with anybody. It's all bullshit. Yeah, you got to work. You know, I worked. I worked for years. I'm still working. Listen, the difference is I'd get off of work of working 12 hours, and I'd go put my boat in the water for three or four and sleep less or, you know, seven or eight, or I, I would go without sleep uh, versus where that person's going to go home. If you're sleeping eight or ten hour, eight hours a day, you got time to be out there, you know, getting ready and preparing yourself for whatever you have in store for you coming up next. Um, you just, you just have to make it a priority. You know, I'd get off work here in Calvert city and you can, I tell you, you can ask anybody around here. My boat was sitting in the parking lot and I was out on the water, you know, and anything you say that's holding you back is nothing but an excuse. You know, if you don't have a boat, go work more. Get a boat. (laughs) Yeah. Go work more. Get you some money, get you a bass tracker. I don't care if it's a bass tracker with a 45 horse. Start somewhere, you know? And, uh, and listen, it's not all fun and, fun and glory and everything. It's a no. freaking hard ass road, you know, especially where a lot of people come from, the majority of the people. And, uh, but I'm telling you, if you'll go out there and work hard, not go, don't go home and sit on the couch. If you're watching YouTube fishing videos, or anything like that, you don't want it bad enough to be able to get to that level, you know? So if you're out there working, getting on the water, those people, the people who are doing that, know, know they're working hard enough. But the people that's, that's not bad, um, sitting around, coming up with excuses that they, it's like, you know, it's like John said, they don't really want it bad enough. If any, if not only if their boat's holding them back, but if they have any reason that's holding them back, 
they don't want it bad enough. Or or they're afraid to try it afraid, and put their yeah. self out yeah. there. Because, I mean, that's what I've said with my career on FLW Tour, man. I never, I never called them like I wanted to catch them. But guess what? I wasn't out there for everybody else. I was out there because I was a 12-year-old kid with a damn dream, and I got an opportunity to do it, and I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you put yourself out yeah. there, and, and Lord knows I put myself out there more than a lot of people because I do all this craziness, too, with podcasts yeah. and videos and different things. But it's like, you know what? I never sugarcoated it. it if it sucks, it sucks. If it don't, it don't. You got missed opportunities. We all lose fish. You all break fish off. We all find fish uh, that don't yeah. turn out to be what we think. And But, but if you sit around armchair quarterbacking, you know the guys that are doing it that sucks yep. that sucks you know from oh, yeah. a, oh that guy sucks he's not any good or that guy don't ever catch you know we've all heard yep. the the local heroes you know that you got in your hometowns or different things yep. they're like well if i had the chance well go take the chance go yep. do it go, do it, go do it that's always my thing go do it go do it i've had people say well kevin van damme didn't even catch him at toledo bend i'd have gone down there and caught. okay well go beat him at toledo bend yeah go I'm do that tell you something, buddy. it's uh i mean it's a different, it's a different it's animal. A different story. Whenever you, you put yourself at, you know, take yourself out of the stands and put yourself in the game, and it's time to play. You know, ain't no doubt about um, that, man. It's a different, it's a different deal, and it, and at every level, it's different, right? I mean, you fished BFLs, you fished Costas, Toyotas, you fished Opens, you've been to the Classic. I mean, the competition is different at every single level of fishing. The intensity, the the anglers. I mean, it all changes. The distractions. Um, yep. But talk about so. How do your sponsors react? Because one of the things I love about you is that you just don't care, man. You throw it out there. You post it on social media. Your videos are funny, but it's you. You're just being yourself. You ain't yeah. trying to get a sound by viral video clip. You're just like, hell, this is this is me. This is Matt. Yeah. Do your sponsors, I mean, obviously they sponsor you. Do they embrace that when you put it out there? Do you ever get messages from people like, hey, Matt, tone it down? Or do they want you to be man, full Matt? They want me to be surprisingly I will be. Uh, I will have to say, surprisingly, they want me to be full match. Just, I like you know, it. Hell yeah! They want me to be myself, and and man, it will actually surprise me. And uh, because I know, I, I know how I am and whatnot. I mean, deep down, you know, I'm pretty, pretty brash, straightforward, and uh, you know, I'm an old country boy. I like to cuss and carry on, and you know, raise a little hell, and and. I have their full full support, and and I love them for it. Dude, I I, I love them for it for you, because <laughs> I think it's because yeah. I've asked myself that I'm like, man, I wonder because, and I've seen that through this podcast of being honest, you know, about things, yeah. how people react to it, good and bad, you know. So I'm I'm proud that you have sponsors, and I'm the same way. I've got sponsors. They're like, hey, man, we love you. We love what you do. Throw it out there. You want to talk? Yeah. Hell, if we suck say it you know i mean I, and it's good yeah. to work with people that are like you so I, I always wondered that and i've had other people man how does matt you know people that they'll talk like me and you talk off camera yeah. but they won't talk like me and you talk on camera right and they'll say man yeah. how's matt get away with that shit you know or whatever and you're like yeah. well man he's just honest he's just transparent yeah. he's and and a lot of people like that and i think it's a good thing man yeah you know i think I think it would make the sport a lot more interesting and attract a lot more people if uh, if a lot of the anglers kind of come out of their shell. I and totally I agree. Why, totally. I understand why they're in that shell, kind of, because if you go, if you look back on the sport in the past, it's kind of changing with the personalities that have came out over the past no 10, doubt. 10 years. 
and I'm a guys, listen, man, it's new times and, and it's all right for you to come out of your shelf. Just be yourself. Don't, don't try to put on a persona. Just be yourself. Yeah. I, I love that. And guys like Iconelli proved that and Swindle have yeah. proved that. You know, and different guys have been like, just be yourself. It's rewarding yeah. to be yourself. Now, I, I know, and I can tell you, this is this is a, a self admission on my own show. But man, when I first started, especially with FLW, I was a little bit, you know, you're just thankful that somebody gave you some jigs, and you're thankful for this, and you're up there on stage, yeah. and you want to be, ah, I'm Luke Duncan. You want to carry on a good face. But at the same time, then the cameras go off and you and you are yourself with your buddies. And it's like, well, it sucks not getting to just be that way all the time. Because people, now, there's not everybody. I, I'm, there's a new song, Brothers Osborne, a country band I really like. They had a song this week says that just came out says, uh, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> and that's, that's yeah. it. I ain't for everybody. Matt yeah. Robertson ain't for everybody. But at yeah. least people know where you and I stand for the most part, you know? That's exactly right. You don't ever have to really worry about it too much. And I and I think that's a breath of fresh air in professional fishing. And I could not agree with you more on the fact that if more people would just be themselves in front of the camera on their social media, it'd be so good for the sport. Because other sports yeah. are that way. Yeah, dude, man. They, I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent. Way. Yeah, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'll tell you their political views. They'll tell you whatever, and people are like, "Shut up and play yourself." Hell, I, whatever. Yeah. At least I know who they are. You yeah. know, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, let it, let it, let it all hang out, buddy. That's what I say, buddy. That's what I say. Well, listen, Matt. I. Uh, I can't, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I know it's been a rough week, and uh, I hope that coming on, hey, we we got you some followers. Make sure y'all are following Matt on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff, and follow his journey as he tries to get to the Elite Series, tries to get back to the Bassmaster Classic, and and uh, and the biggest thing right now in his life is try to catch these low good, no down, good for nothing pieces of garbage that stole from him and. Uh, Hopefully, y'all low-lifers out there, all you low-lifing son of a guns that listen to Low Budget Life can help him do that. Keep your eyes peeled. If you see something, shoot him a message on social media. Shoot me a social media message. Comment on this thread. We we will help Matt hopefully find some of his stuff. But I want to wish you the best of luck for the rest of the year, buddy. And uh, I hope that maybe you get a break in your schedule. I mean, you might go uh, slip up on Tennessee River and catch some at some point make a video. I think we might be able to work that out. I, th- I think we need to, buddy. You hang out with Renwick. I- I'm jealous. You drive all yeah. the way to Dangum, Chicago, and and look, I-, I applaud you for going up there because Pat needs a little redneck in his life. Like, he does. You got to keep him balanced out. So I appreciate you taking your powers up there with you. But, I mean, I'm only a couple hours south, bro. We could We can We can hang out. We can do yeah, this. you're a lot closer than Chicago. <laughs> I'm not as pretty as Pat with that hair, but I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, me. Well, buddy, I appreciate it, man. You take care and uh, holler if you need anything, and hopefully we'll help you get your stuff back. But uh, let's let's go fishing. I appreciate it, man. We'll, right. we'll work it out, and we'll get out there. All right, man. I appreciate you, man. Have a good week. All right. See, see you, man. Matt Robertson, always on them. Always on him. You see the on him hats? He started that. Didn't even get into that with him. It's a fun conversation, man. I, I just, y'all truly, let's, there's nothing worse than a thief. There's nothing worse that, than somebody that can take from 
another man, you know, their hard work. Just just rip it out from under them that quick. It's just it sucks. And Matt is this dude that that does work hard, like I said, and and man, just out here trying to chase a dream. That's a hard dream. It's a very hard dream. And we're gonna get into that next week. I had something planned for today, and then I had the I had the good fortune of being able to get Matt on. But next week's podcast is going to be a doozy. And I say that because I, I got a lot of things I want to get off my chest about the fishing industry and the way things are headed right now. Fishing industry, boating industry, a lot of the corporatization of things going on. And it hurts guys like Matt. And it hurts a lot of anglers. And I want to get into that next week. Uh, I ran out of time today. But thank you all so much for everything you've given me. I truly, I can't repay all of you for, you know, watching this all the time, commenting, liking videos, sharing the good news of this fine program, the Low Budget Live podcast. I really appreciate y'all. Lots of things coming. Lots of things. Boats and Pros coming back. Uh, but some announcements coming from me personally. But make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're following along Instagram, Facebook, all of that, because lots of things or uh, moving fast in the Luke Duncan's world. And I'm just trying to hang on right now. And it's, uh, it's, I'm very fortunate. I'm very grateful for this opportunity to talk to everybody every week. But lots of things to come. So make sure you're tuning in to that. Make sure you go follow Matt Robertson one more time. Let me know if you see anything crazy. If you're in that Southeast Texas, wherever world, right? Arkansas, Louisiana, these, these crooks could have gone anywhere. But make sure if you see any of those baits, make sure you let us know. Also, make sure... As always, as always, to hug your daggum mama uh, and your daddy. And I will see y'all next week. Going to take you out with a little bit of more narcissistic Deluxe Blues. Thank y'all so much. See you next week. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens in red. It does not know my name And I don't care No, I don't care Heading my way For another place And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6'8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.